It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon were joined by Martin Keown on an action-packed day. Was Tyson Fury wrong in his outburst towards Alexander Usyk? Will Martin admit he was wrong over Newcastle's win over Arsenal? And how will the massive breaking news of Everton's points deduction affect the landscape of the Premier League? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. on Talk Sport. Now then, it's an international break, yes, but when the Premier League resumes, it is not going to be the way Everton would have liked it. Because in the last few moments, it's our understanding here at Talk Sport, and it's now being confirmed, Everton have been given a 10-point penalty after the independent commission hearing on alleged breaches of uh, Premier League profit and sustainability rules. The punishment applies immediately. So Everton drop into the relegation zone, of course, as a result of that. Simon, I'm going to get your take on that in just a moment. But Everton in the last few seconds are saying... Everton Football Club is both shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. The club believes that the commission has imposed a wholly disproportionate and unjust sporting sanction. Ten points. Mm. That's what we've heard. Ten points and that's been confirmed. The club is saying the club has already communicated its intention to appeal its decision to the Premier League. The appeal process will begin now. So everything to go on to give their reason, Simon, as to why they feel that this is disproportionate and unjust. Ten points. Yeah. They have been walloped this lunchtime, haven't yeah. they? I was told about six weeks ago that their expectation was they were going to get nine points. And I, I didn't think they'd get that. I, that's why I changed my argument from a financial situation to a points-based one. And I thought that they'd get three to six. Uh, and that may well be the outcome post an appeal. But... The fact of the matter is the Premier League, they are a product of timing alongside the fact that they've been, I think, slightly artistic in their accountancy because the Premier League's attitude now is that they've got an independent regulator coming in. The timing of this is they want to be shown to be able to clean house and cleaning house means enforcing things like financial fair play and the disciplines behind it. So I wonder if this had been two or three years ago if Everton would have got the same situation. But 10 points is a significant penalty. And I'm not surprised they're appealing it and they'll probably argue it down. They're going to get a points penalty. It's not an argument that they're going to get this removed away. And the whole fabric of this is much different to Manchester City's because people will be asking. I thought that there might be an element of the Premier League bottling it because the next cab off the rank is going to be Man City. And once you've set a precedent of points, then you've got that in your armory and you're going to use it again. So Manchester City uh, should so, be what is So Manchester City will be looking at this with, with interest. Yes. But the, the, the situation with Everton is much more binary than it is with Man City. Man City is a much more convoluted set of cases, whereas Everton's is about allowable adjustments. They made an adjustment of the 250 million quid around circa that it went over financial fair play by putting in a whole load of COVID losses. 
every club did it, but the scale of what Everton did was much greater than other football clubs. Because that what that argument is, is we've lost the ability to be able to sell players at certain values as a result of the COVID marketplace. That created a problem from us under financial fair play. So Everton were allowed to put in things like their new adjustments for the building of a new stadium. Previously, it wasn't in there. And they got just underneath the £105 million threshold. But they used some heavyweight, high-end uh, positioning around the devaluation of certain players. And clearly, that hasn't been able to be stood up. I'm with now, you. Now, quite why that I'm makes it you. 10 yeah. points. Yes. Because it's not... If the argument is that Everton have falsified their accounts and there's real subterfuge in this, rather than they've overcooked it in terms of what they think the valuations are, it does feel that 10 points is heavy duty. Because if they've got arguments, their accountants must be able to put up arguments. They must have been able to put these arguments up to file them through companies' house because they've signed these accounts off. And auditors would have gone through and said, these valuations, these adjustments have reasonable sustainability. Yeah. So it becomes an argument about whose accountancy point of view is right. And it does feel to me that that's the argument that is turned on. Ten points is a bloody heavy penalty. Well, Everton fighting back this lunchtime. Ten points uh, deducted. Um, by the Premier League on Everton Football Club. Everton say this lunchtime, the club does not recognise the finding that it failed to act with the utmost good faith and it does not understand this to have been an allegation made by the Premier League during the course of the proceedings. Both the harshness and the severity of this sanction imposed by the Commission are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence submitted. I mean... Martin, mm. everybody knows Everton's a great club. Of course it is. It's part of the fabric of uh, English football. A, a proud Premier League club. You played for the club. Yeah. You pulled on the jersey. I mean, this is going to absolutely demoralise supporters everywhere. Well, it's it? a shock. Uh, one of those mo huge moments. Uh, I assume they're going to appeal, Simon. Yes. Uh, and they've already there, said there will yeah. be a sort of due process uh, to deal with that. Uh, there was an indication that maybe some of these other clubs wanted to sue Everton, didn't they? Because obviously you're taking 10 points off them now. Um, did it really affect this season or last season in terms of clubs going down in previous seasons when the, when the reg regulations were, were broken? Yeah, yeah. So, 10 no, points. Uh, it, it, seems a, it seems an awful lot. But you know, at one. the end of the day, financial fair play is there for a reason, Jim. So w the, de the determination is to, as I imagine, with the, uh, a tribunal or an independent tribunal, will the will have worked, gone through the figures yes, and they haven't done this lightly. But it does appear, I'm just reading some stuff here, it does appear that Everton have argued the position in terms of they've accepted, they've breached profit and sustainability. They're just arguing about the quantum. So the allegations... So they, the, accept the, they accept they, the charge. They appear to be suggesting... So how can they, they appeal if they accept it? Well, the scale of the, of the of the penalty. If you're, say for example, if you're 120 million over the budget and Everton are prepared to accept their 10 million over then is the same consequence of being 120 million over the same as 10? Because what the Premier League's argument is, you've already accepted that you've breached the profit and sustainability. This is what I'm reading here. What do you here. think would have been appropriate then in terms of a... Well, I don't know what the menu of opportunity was, but it does feel to me that to, give, to have the first sanction in Premier League history of a points deduction, besides the situation that happened at Middlesbrough all those years ago, right is a very heavy-handed sanction, 10 points. What they're basically saying is Everton have cooked the books, know they've cooked the books, done it deliberately, they've acted in bad faith. And with that in mind, Everton's accountancy principles are absolutely appalling, is what they're saying. That's ultimately what they're saying. I'm, yeah. I'm dressing it up in the most hyper, you know, and, and hyperbole. And you think this signals bad news on the horizon for Manchester City? I don't think it can't, because there's, there's always been this suggestion that the Premier League would not have the balls to go after a football club and deduct points because it's a closed little unit in that division and they won't hurt one another by doing it. Yeah. Now, by that precedent, you've now got a case that the Premier League have got the stomach to go after the Premier League champions. I'm not suggesting they should. If they're guilty, they should. Now they've got the points uh, position in their locker, they're prepared to use it. Yeah. And I do think the reasons why they're prepared to use it, Jim, now, is because the threat of independent regulation is looming on their shoulder and the Premier League want to show everybody that they can clean their own house. But Thank this you could very mean reg relegation for Everton. Well, it could do oh, one absolutely. Of, I think it will galvanise Everton. You I think, think I, oh yeah, they will do. They'll get together and they'll they'll have the mentality. But notwithstanding it, it's going to make it remarkably hard. It's going to be a shot in the arm sure. for the Luton, Bournemouths, Burnleys, sure. and whoever absolutely. else in the world. Well, the, the Everton supporters, I'm sure, would concur with that view, Simon. That the, the hope is, from an Everton point of view, that this galvanises them uh, under Sean Dyche as they go forward. But that is the massive breaking news. It's unprecedented in the game.
Everton have been deducted 10 points for breaches of profit and sustainability rules. The Premier League has ruled this just in the last few moments and uh, it takes them down to 19th. So they're hit by that 10-point deduction immediately. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Simon, what were you reading into this? Well, at the I'm, re I'm reading the judgment. When I read a judgment on something, having been party to many of these things myself in life, I always go to the bottom of the document to talk about the manifest reason why the sanction is what it is. And there's a section called the quantification of the sanction. And this is what it says. It says the size of the points deduct deduction is to be determined by Everton's culpability. There is no fixed formula to be applied. We are required to determine the extent of their culpability and from that to determine the points deduction. That, and then it goes on to talk about Mashiri's evidence. And it talks about Mashiri saying um, that they're talking about they're 19.5 million over the limit, right? So there was a £105 million limit over three years. With all the allowable adjustments that Everton were allowed to put in there for the COVID crisis, they came in at £125 million, right? And the argument will be that there were stadium adjustments in there. All that's been factored in. So there were 19.5 million over the top end of what they were allowed to go to. And one of the evidences was put in there by Mashiri as saying that there was a desire to improve its on-field performance to replace the non-existent midfield that we've got. Right. That's Mashiri suggesting the reasons why they spent so much money is because they're non-existent midfield. They'll turn around and say, as Mashiri put into other evidence, led it to take chances with its profit and sustainability position. So the chairman has said, I spent a lot of money because we had a non-existent midfield. Yeah. And I'm taking that in isolation. That doesn't mean you can overspend because you've got a non-existent midfield. They're basically saying... So is Mashiri saying, argument. this is why we did it? In part, in, well, this is what the this is what the uh, a panel have put into their evidence at the end of their quantification for the reasons why they got ten points. You did not miscalculate. You did not have allowable adjustments that were sustainable. You decided because you were in special measures for three years about how your football club run. You still decided to run your football club within reason how you f f saw fit, and you took a risk that you'd fall foul of profit and sustainability. And you have now fallen foul. And on the back of, back of that, you're entirely culpable. And on the back of a £19.5 million overspend, after all the adjustments that you were allowed to have for the COVID situation, you're going to get 10 points. Yeah, yeah. Now, to my mind, I would imagine that's going to be appealed. And I wouldn't be surprised if it got slightly reduced. But the point is this, is that... And I also would like to know what the process is. Because if Everton lodge an appeal... Do those points get automatically reinstated until the appeal's been heard? Because when the appeal go goes in, all of a sudden the original the penalty, judgment is yeah. set aside. Does the penalty become even bigger? Is there a risk of I, that? I, I'd be amazed if the consequence... They've, they've gone heavy and they've gone hard. The old days when we used to have it in football was don't appeal because you've, you're guilty. Yeah. That does, I don't think that'll apply in this situation. But are you suggesting, Simon, that Farhad himself... Majority owner, uh, uh, shareholder Everton, Farhad Mashiri has not exactly helped his own club's situation. Well, given they given they cite that in evidence, they cite that under a section called quantification of sanction, which is basically saying this is the reason why we went this way and this is why they got 10 points. There's no fixed formula. We've decided that based upon all of the factors and they quote and they lift Mashiri yes. saying yeah. that I had to spend this money because we had a non-existent midfield. Sure. But you know, that doesn't Ever get you around. The Evertonians out there though, they, they just thought they turned a corner, didn't they? Oh, exactly. The way that they've just yeah. played recently. Yes. The saving grace, Martin, is they're two points off a bottom off out of, of the bottom four side. This is well, the season. You're right, still Simon. a lot to go. No one wants a points deduction, but you know it, it could be argued that this is a potentially favourable season in which to receive one. Um, is it not, Martin? Because of the struggles that we've witnessed amongst the Premier League. Well, 100. percent But only if Everton now can scramble to safety yeah. uh, and get the necessary points. But as yeah. I say, things have been. But a it's also like recently. people say the inconsistency. So you're 20 million over the cap you get 10 points you go into administration which is basically dumping all your debts getting away with murder and re reforming yourself you get nine points yeah if ever <laughs> a support though simon can help drag their own club yeah. over the finishing line yeah and, and, and hopefully avoid the dreaded r word relegation it's evertonians yeah but it goes down as a nightmare period for the club in general doesn't it what they've been through successive yeah. relegation battles yeah uh, suddenly look like they turn the corner and here we are back in even but more martin trouble. sure they, they and listen i didn't think they'd get a point section until i reconsidered it after some information i had about two or three months ago and i also felt that a lot of the allowable adjustments would be gotten through they haven't but they've been asking for this Mashiri's been running this football club in a way that can't be considered well. They yeah. were in special measures. They weren't allowed to even transact things without getting permission well, from the Simon, Premier League. As a football club, Everton would refute that because Everton are saying this lunchtime, Everton Football Club is both shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. They Let can't me tell refute you, it. They can't Simon, refute it. Evertonians, to a man, to a woman, 
absolutely raging. Um, uh, Evertonians reeling, I have to say, with this news because it is it's a it's a hard hit. It's a heavy hit, isn't it? Ten points deduction as we're about to go into December. And of course, we have to remember here, Simon, that Premier League rules dictate that clubs are allowed to lose a maximum of £105 million over three years. Mm. But between 2018 and 2021, Everton's recorded losses were £370 million. Yeah. So break that down for us. Thereafter, why have they been hit by 10 points? Well, first of all, a lot of that will be uh, as part of the loss of revenues and the TV repayments that they had uh, in regards to the Premier League deal Yeah. um, in terms of TV broadcasting rights that were taken away from them during COVID. So they were allowed, Everton believed, and I had done the numbers, I did with Kieran Maguire actually on the back of a fag packet, about the, the fact that we felt that Everton would get from 350 million down to below 105 million. And Everton clearly did as well. That was pricing in uh, adjustments for the stadium, which might have been in, in, uh, taken out of the profit and sustainability rules anyway. All the adjustments. But clearly the Premier League have looked at it and gone, well, actually, no, you, 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 this pudding isn't as big as you think it is in terms of the allowable adjustments. The playing squad hasn't been devalued the way that you think it has as a result of the COVID marketplace. So now, rather than being under the £105 million, which would have got you no sanctions, you're actually... Given the fact that we've allowed you to make 220 million disappear, yeah. you're still 20 million over the financial fair play cap, which is ironic because you know even in European football you have a less of a cap. But the bottom line is that is why they've got themselves in the sanction position. And then you look at the reality of why they get 10 points, and it's sort of detailed in the quantification of the sanction put forward by the panel that they believe that Everton are take... entirely culpable mm. and not an error. COVID, you think the COVID? Are they try to lean well, on the COVID said. element. That's what they have done. But of course, this is now a shot in the arm for the likes of Luton, for the likes of Sheffield United, for the likes of Burnley. Um, football finance expert Stefan Borson joins us uh, at this moment on the show. Stefan, good afternoon to you. Ten points. Did you predict it would be around ten points in terms of the deduction, Stefan? Good afternoon. Hi. Uh, well, look, we had no indication of what it might be because, as the judgment says, I've not gone through it in detail yet, but as it says, there's no real precedent um, for um, for the Premier League breach. Uh, I think 10 points is a lot uh, for a breach uh, of, of a relatively small amount, actually, in the grand scheme of things. By the time you get down to it, um, you know, we're talking about £20 million, which is a lot of money in you know, in percentage terms, but in the sorts of terms that we talk about football clubs missing targets, I don't think 20 million is is, is that great. And certainly compared to some of the allegations that are made uh, by me about what Chelsea are going to do and also more generally about City and Chelsea in respect of the other matters, it points to a situation where we are going to see very, very strong penalties against teams that are in breach of uh, rules of this nature. And uh, it's very different, I think, uh, to the UEFA approach on sanctions. Uh, these are, uh, the, the panel has clearly, the commission has clearly uh, come to the view, uh, based partly on a previous case with Sheffield Wednesday and the Football League, that the only proper uh, sanction should be a sporting sanction and not a mere financial sanction. And uh, so we are, in, we are in a new realm. And I think a lot of clubs, not just Chelsea, a lot of clubs are going to look at this and going to be very concerned uh, because uh, even a, a relatively small breach can give them a very, very big sporting sanction. Stefan, I was going to ask you about the process of appeal and what that actually does to Everton's position as it stands right now. Because as we look at them now, they've been deducted 10 points. Do the moment they lodge an appeal, does that reinstate the points until the appeal has been heard, do you think? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I would think no. Um, that the points will be the points um, and if they are successful in the appeal the points will be added back to them but in the interim period it will, there will be an asterisk that says minus 10 points and they will sit in the relegation zone I, mean, I think one of the probable debates that they've been having internally at Everton is whether just to take it because of all seasons 10 points this season might be uh, palatable I mean the chances are you know, it's very unlikely that there's going to be a materially better viewpoint taken by an appeal commission. I mean, it seems to me when you, the bits that I've read, there are elements where they've misled the Premier yeah, League that. as yeah. to their uh, performance financially. And uh, and some of the uh, assumptions that were used 
in the reporting back to the Premier League have been uh, unreasonable, mm-hmm. and you know, such as finishing sixth in the league, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 some of the um, some of the statements made about yeah. the stadium funding. So I don't think they're in a great position to to appeal. So I think that the, the likelihood is they're talking about reducing ten to maybe eight points. I don't think they're going to overturn the, the overall situation. It seems to me that by the end of the hearing, even they accepted that they had breached just by only £10 million. Pounds rather Which than is what 20. they said, didn't well, they? Stephen, yeah. stay, stay on the line for us. Stephen Borson is a football finance expert. W- what is um, Everton's next l- line of defence likely to be, one might think? In the last few moments, the Everton interim chief executive, a man by the name of Colin Chong, has been speaking. This was Colin. Myself and everybody at the club are shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League Commission. We believe the sanction is disproportionate and wholly unjust. The club's view is that the harshness and severity of this punishment are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence that was submitted to the Commission. For that reason, the club intends to appeal the outcome before the Premier League Appeals Board. This is a sporting sanction that directly impacts supporters. The club and our players and staff and our fans will stick together in the face of what the club believes to be an unprecedented and disproportionate sanction. As we enter the next phase of this legal process, there is no further comment we can or will make, but rest assured, we will be standing up for Evertonians and our great club. So Everton will mm-hmm. come back and they will fight it. Um, there is no the further comment they can or make. What's your takeaway from well, that? He Sam? doesn't, as Stefan will probably have heard, he doesn't dispute the findings. He disputes the severity of the sanction. So they by, but by definition, they're accepting their guilt, but they're not comfortable with the sanction. So the argument will be: I think that Stefan and I are arguing or, or spinning the, the wheels on whether they can get this down from ten to six or eight. That's that, a key question Simon's asking, Stefan. What is the likely upshot, do you think? Will this end up being reduced from 10 points? Well, well look, everybody's in agreement that it's unprecedented because, of course, it's unprecedented because this is the first time the Premier League has taken a club to an independent commission regarding a breach. So the, the Premier League and, and, and Everton agree. The only disagreement is whether it should be a sporting sanction. And for the reasons set out in the original judgment, uh, the, the, the independent commission are very clear that it should be. And I, I can see no basis on which that shouldn't be the case. And then once you get back to that point, then the only question really is whether Quantum. the second appeal commission yeah. believes that, that actually £20 million breach is not that big a deal. Okay. And I don't see on what basis it says that it's not a big deal when the original Do you think climate, spent, uh, Stefan, has played a part in this with the independent regulator looming in the background? Yeah, independent regulator, City, Chelsea, uh, you know, the general noise, but particularly the independent regulator. Uh, yes, but but not not actively. I mean, you have to remember the independent commission is independent. It is not acting for the Premier League. So it is, um, you know, we have to assume it is genuinely yeah. independent. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta could be given a touchline ban now that he's been charged by the FA with misconduct for that furious criticism of match officials after Arsenal's 1-0 defeat by Newcastle United at St James's Park. The FA has charged the Arsenal manager, having received his observations about the comments, and he's likely to face a fine or a ban if he admits the charge or if it's found to be proven by an independent regulatory commission. Do you remember this was Mikel post-match? Yeah, we have to talk about the result because you have to talk about how the hell this goal um, stand up and it's incredible. I feel embarrassed, but I have to be the one now coming here to try to defend the club and please ask for help because it's an absolute disgrace that this goal is allowed. It's an absolute disgrace. Again, I feel embarrassed. I've been more than 20 years in this country and this is nowhere near the level to describe this as the best league in the world. I am sorry. He said he was sorry. Um, thereafter, Arsenal backed their man and said, we support Mikel Arteta's post-match comments after yet more unacceptable refereeing and VAR errors on Saturday evening. Um, as well as all that, they said the PGMOL urgently needs to address the standard of officiating and focus on action which moves us all on from retrospective analysis, attempted explanations and apologies. Arsenal Invincible is alongside, uh, Martin Keown's alongside us this morning here in studio. Um, Martin, where do you stand on this? With Arteta charged, should Arsenal be as well? <laughs> well, they don't tend to do that, do Jim, do they? And it's uh, often the case if a manager speaks out in the heat of the battle that he gets charged so um, I'm with Joe a little bit. You're trying to sort of squeeze a narrative. It's back to Arteta once more. And, we're, and we go down this road of, uh, I don't know what you want, Jim, from for Arteta. Do you, what, what sort of punishment do you, do you want to be meted out? I'm well, pretty certain he know he was going to get The reason sort I phrased it that way, will Arteta be charged and should Arsenal be too? It's reported the FA will meet with representatives of the leagues and the Managers Association to warn that action will be taken against clubs if they support managers who criticise referees. Well, then, he, then they will be charged, won't they? That's what they're effectively saying. So Would that have, be right? So there'll be a double whammy in this in this situation. And look, I watched with, with great interest Howard Webb putting together, um, I suppose it was a defence by VAR of why they came to to the decisions they came to, to substantiate those. And, OK, these were the, the reasons we made those decisions. What I would like to do here is look at the bigger picture and look at the essence of VAR, of Big Brother, and say, look, the technology simply isn't good enough. One of the wordings that came from that VR uh, assistant was saying that the ball looks as if it's out from those pictures. So, so we're looking at pictures that tell us with our own eyes the ball's out, but then we then say, OK, but we can't really be sure. But we need a system that can be sure. We need the technology, Jim. And what I would that's ask... A, what, that's a different what, discussion. No, 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 you're no, right no it's not. It. It's, it's not because it's the bigger picture, because we never get better. No, 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 but you've, so, also, but you've also got to look at the processes. When, when automation has been introduced, the clubs have voted it down. And by the clubs, I mean the managers that have, in, have introduced that sort of thinking into the clubs. Right, well, so I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer saying. they shouldn't be. So let no, me build my argument. Let me build my argument. The PGMLO should be making that call. They should be the ones. Why did we go to the World Cup last year with semi-automated system we go, and we now start a Premier League without it? Why did the Premier League clubs get that choice? It should be Howard Webb's decision to make. should be taken out of his hands. should be his decision. Now, it's not the first time we've got previous on this. Why does the Premier League always feel it's different to the rest of Europe? The rest of Europe is using this well, semi-automated system. the clubs system. in it. No, no, no. I, well, they, the clubs I, that make it, the Premier League is made up by the twenty-member clubs. It's their initiative. If the fourteen clubs in the league want to change things in conjunction with Richard Masters and central management in the Premier League, hmm. they'll change it. So you can ask that question, then go ask your friends at Arsenal. Well, who no, no, no. I'm saying, take it, I'm saying take it. I'm saying take it. I believe it should be taken out of their hands. We've had previous of this. Remember when they the, the situation came in? They told the linesmen across Europe. They said, "Look, okay, don't put your flag up." But we said, but Martin, "No, no, no." We said, a, "No, listen, a, Simon. Let me create my argument. Okay. You, people come on this show, and you don't let them formulate arguments, no, and listening. then people go away, not really, not really sure what we're trying to say. I want to be very clear what I'm saying. Be clear. Then. I'm saying is that what we've got a situation is right where they don't listen. What is it about our Premier League? They're putting the flags up. So we, they said, oh, no, no, we put the flags up. We've spoken to the players. We've spoken to the management. They're happy if the flags go up. It won't interfere with, even if we get it wrong, that's fine. That was absolute garbage, rubbish. We had to backtrack. The next year we went, we followed the rest of Europe. Let's be a leader. Why are the Premier League following everybody else? Yeah, 
be up there, join in with this semi-automated system, then we wouldn't have the situation now, would we? It's certainly, absolutely. And you may well be right. Uh, the, the coherency of your argument isn't necessarily the debate here. We're talking about people's behaviour. Because whatever situation, you're never going to get 100% accuracy. doesn't matter what you think no, but you... But we should strive for it. But Martin, that's fine. But we've strived... We've, we've the technology exists for us to be better than we are, and we ignore it. Well, it Why? doesn't, Martin, quite Yes, it frankly. does. Semi-automated no, system. It, no, it doesn't. We all have a picture se- in our se- mind... Semi-automated... Uh, of the circumference of a football against you in the Japan game. We all think of that. Even the Can guy I in VAR thought argument? that. People listening to you. Go on then, mate. Let's hear it. <laughs> the point is this, is that the technology doesn't quite exist in certain spaces. It's not far away from it. And clearly, I do think there's. I do think the only answer is to go fully automated, to put sensors in the balls, Correct. sensors in the shirts, take away the argument. There'll still be a margin of error and there'll still be complaints. But the, what we're talking about now is how you transition from a first-generation technology building to the point and the interim uh, position where you're trying to establish a culture where people can respect that errors get made. Now, the original discussion that Jim advanced, whether you like it or you don't, was that there were two facets of this conversation. The way that the manager behaved, and it should be baked into people's thinking that manager's going to be very emotional. Mm-hmm. That should be priced in, and it often is. But, but, but Arteta went beyond the emotion level. He doesn't trust the system currently, does well, he? Well, that's fine, but he did the does previous week, and he did the following week. Really? Mistakes, and, and, and he did want to talk Tommy about... Tommy Atsu been sent they, off they, for a wait time racing. Week, haven't seen that across the board. Trusted it. haven't seen that with another team. When they won it, St James's party would have trusted it. When they win Let's the game, hear his when, argument. When they win the game, he Sorry, was quite man. happy to be asked about, uh, about VAR. And and quite you know you know facetious in the fact that he thought it was brilliant that week. The characterisation of VIR has always been wrong, Martin. It's not a hundred percent. Nothing's a hundred percent in life. And, and unless we're going to walk into an artificial intelligence environment where we have no interaction with people, we're going to have errors. And people have got to learn to price it in. Now the question was: Should I'm not interested in some hysterical reaction to Arteta's outburst. I think he stepped across the line. The level of consequence should be. You know, proportionate, like we use that word. Now, where I think of the bigger criminals... But that's a symptom of the inadequacy of the, of the no, system we currently no, no, have, it's a symptom. isn't it? Make it better. Don't symptom. turn down the best technology I, available. A, I'll tell you what it's a symptom of. That's not intelligent, is it? Why are they doing this? i tell you what it's a symptom Mike of. Mike Riley did it. Howard Webb comes along. Make the decisions, the right calls. I'll tell you what it's a symptom of. The fundamental lack of respect in the culture of football, where it no, doesn't no. recognise no, no. authority and only does what it wants to do. There is always going to be errors, like there's errors for managers, players, and referees. Now, I don't, get, I'm not an apologist for referees, but the bigger problem for me in this conversation is not the outburst from Arteta and whether he deserves a metaphorical smack. It's the absolute inappropriate following behind from Arsenal. Mm. It's one thing supporting your manager. Yeah. And that's right to but do. But I'm trying to look at the that's bigger right. picture. But I'm he, trying to improve Martin, the air. In order to get a so let's look picture, at let's look at another right. so, so that was ten minutes, Simon. So right, let's look at the other Short argument. Okay, minutes. let's look at the subjective decision that was made. Right, yes. was it a foul or wasn't it? Okay, so we look at that, and he's got two hands on the back of the player. Now, in this instance, a former participant in football should be. Now, I thought Jamie Carragher was brilliant on this. He saw the other night he, a similar instance where there was a Kukurea was fouled. He was actually dragged by Harland, the so wrong you, side so of play. So you just stuck Neville in there? No, just, Neville said it wasn't a foul. Just a minute. So which just participant a, no, do you No, 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 I'm taking you it's now you on a week. I'm going, take you on, I'm taking you on if a week. If this wasn't Arsenal, you wouldn't be saying no, this. No, I'm talking about... I'm going to talk about Chelsea Man You're in City denial. Now. I'm going to talk about Chelsea no, but you're Man talking City about ex-players being in there and seeing it and being able to give that value. Do you want me to do what but, Martin O'Neill said? But Neville did I'm going to leave the studio. Yeah. Can we continue? So let's take it on a week. Yeah. Man City Chelsea, fantastic game. Okay. But the very first goal should never have stood. And Jeremy Carroll's quick to see that because he's a defender. He, Harlan makes a tug on Kukurea, who then reacts as you would in the street where someone pulled you, you pull them back. Yeah. Then he makes a foul. The re- but the person in the VR room was so naive. That's where we need help. That's where they can be collective and we can improve we're, we're, our product. We're all agreeing with that. Okay. Right? We're all so the subjective decisions we need to got, learn you've from. You've got the, the culture of football and you've it got It was two hands on his back. Fine, Martin, that's subjective. You've got Gary Neville. So if, if Gary Neville happened to be the person that was the football expertise in that VAR room, he'd have said that the push on uh, Gabriel wasn't a push. So what do you do with that then? No, but you see, last week... What do you week, do with that then? No, last week you we had... You automate subjectivity. We had Foy, we had all the... Klattenberg, we had uh, Dermot Gallagher, all the top referees last week saying they thought it was a foul. So where did that come from? I don't How come know. they thought it was a foul? I don't know. They're not, the, they're not refereeing so, at the time. So what I would say yesterday, when you talk about the VAR and, and, and how we're looking at it, that was not a true reflection of what the, what the public feel. You were saying 100% that those decisions were correct. No, 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 that wasn't no, no, the feeling. I didn't say that. A lot of people felt that was no, a foul. Said that. A lot of top people in the no, game thought that was a foul. And a lot of people didn't. 
Correct, but it wasn't... So, so what's your point then? But No, my point is we need to use much better technology and we need to learn from the subjective elements and we need to have a former player in there to help with that because they can't see it. Which former Toffee. player would you advocate? And who's going to do that? Let's have a look at it. Do you want to do it? No, I'm not, I don't want to do it. Get You're not some, available. Get somebody in to do it. Let's You're look in at denial, it. Martin, because it's Arsenal. Not at all. I want to improve and the VAR. Ma- and because Martin I cannot won't believe. give me an answer to this, Simon, do you think the FA is right that action should be taken against clubs if they support managers who criticise referees? To the extent that Arsenal did. And if it was Palace doing it now, or if it was Tottenham or anyone else, right, that had gone in behind Arteta the way they did. Go in and support your manager. I agree with that. But what they did was they took it to another level. And they went as, as a member club that have already been involved in the process of selection. And what, what were they to do, Arsenal, if their manager had done oh, so, what, so, what they so, 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 so you wouldn't have supported your manager? Did you not listen to what I just said? Stop, stop broadcasting at me and listen to what I'm saying. I've, I've absolutely concurred with the view they support their manager. What they've done beyond that is they've gone beyond supporting their manager and they've turned around and added their own little two-penneth in there about the necessity for PGML to up its own standards, to look at the refereeing standards for stop and go beyond it. That's well, just reiterating got... what the manager said, Simon. No, it's taking its no, own it's little direction. No, it's reiterating what the manager's Martin, asking for. But Martin, the manager's an individual... This is a bleeding institution. This is a football club. This is people that are supposed to represent authority properly. There's one thing creating a dimension. There's another thing creating discourse. And they're creating discourse for their own endeavour and they're, and they're supporting a rather immature manager's outburst. If VAR was using the correct technology available to them now, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But they didn't want it, they Martin. They didn't want it. Your they colleagues didn't want it. No, no, no. They shouldn't be allowed to choose, should they? PGMLO makes that decision, oh, oh, so doesn't get, it? So let me get no? this right. So you're, you're quite happy you to... You put it to your members. So you're quite happy to accept the authority of the PGMO when they're implementing something, but you're not happy to accept the authority well, it, when they make a decision but, on the pitch. But why are we using, anti- why are we using an antiquated system when it, it's, it's there for us? It is. It's, it's, it's not antiquated. It's, it's, it's not good enough. It's, it's not good enough. It's old-fashioned. There's something new on the market. Let's use it. Well, 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 Anton uh, Portsmouth is saying, regards Martin, just moments ago, let me know if he wants a lift in the building. I'll drive him away myself. But we don't want you to do that, Martin. No, I was, I was actually agreeing with, with, with Martin and Neil who, who said this, and it's like... <laughs> You guys, as a pincer movement, let, let these people... Martin, I don't need a pincer I can bring Ruben, my three-year-old son, in here to debate with you and still come out better. Mm, I don't steady, need Jim's pincer steady, effect. Steady, steady, you know. And when, when Kieran that, gives that you that country, glare, you know, something that, nasty that could happen. Gen, you swallowed the English dictionary, haven't you? But we're we're, we're you know, talking Occasionally about... you come out with your American, Americanisms. Uh, thank you so and much. And you get your pronunciations wrong. But anyway, <laughs> never mind. Let's carry on. Okay. That told me. That told you. Now then, uh, we're talking about uh, the aftermath, and it is the aftermath, of the goal, which it was decided on field and off, was good. And Newcastle won the game against Arsenal by a single goal to nil. But now, um, a heck of a lot is developing since then. Because uh, Mikel Arteta, in a spot of trouble now, after what he said uh, post-match, he could be given a touchline ban after being charged by the FA with misconduct for his criticism, which was pretty darn furious, of match officials after Arsenal's 1-0 defeat by Newcastle on the day at St James's Park. How did they get to the decision that the goal was good? This is how. So, Stu, can you have a look at this as well before we go check the goal? For me, I've got no conclusive evidence that, no. that, ball, that that ball is out. No, I, no I agree. He said, no, I, he said not a goal. Too, wait a minute. No, too, I was going to say, you can't go on that angle, no, although no, no, it no, looks out, you've got the curvature of the, the, the ball. Just one second then. So, go two frames forward, the ball is already back in play stroke on the line. Two frames forward. That's there we go. So That's fine. So, run that through, please. Right, now you've got the challenge on the back post. Yeah, so I'm going to check that. So, run, running that through, please. So, yep. looking for offside position, first of all. No offside position. Okay. I'm now needing to check a potential foul on Gabriel. So, have you got high behind for me, please? Yep. That's great. Just run that through a little. Stu, yep. we've... Stu, we've cleared the uh, ball staying in. We're now checking for the back post challenge, mate. From the other end, which might be better. Yeah, thank you. I don't see a specific foul on Gabriel. I see two hands on his back, but I don't see anything of a push that, that warrants him flying forward like that. And that was that. The goal was good. Um, Martin, the thing is this. With the technology that's available to them... No, and, and, and no, you're, no you're list, you didn't listen to anything I said. How do you know the what I'm going to ask you? The semi-automated system you know is available for us to use. How do you know what I'm going to ask you? Go on, then. Mystic Meg, with the technology that was available to them on the day, that to me sounded clear and concise, and they jointly agreed You're that, missing the that was the picture, right answer. We're so used... where are you coming from that that was wrong? Because when you listen to the language and it's so wrong, it's when, the, when he says it looks as if it's out. 
but we can't trust the pitches. We have to have a system that they can use. It's not their fault, by the way. The VR technology is substandard, and we're allowing to you we, we, from the start of the season we didn't want to but join but we're in talking about what happened on the day so what did you want them to do on the day that but they I'm asking didn't people do? to look at the bigger picture what Jim. did you want them to do on the day that they didn't do well I, I don't understand why you can't see here we are the 21st century no, we've, we've, seen we've brought VAR to no, the table I'll, I'll ask well, you no, for no, the just third wait, time. Let me just... what did you want them to do on the day that they didn't do well, it was two hands on his back, Gabriel's back. Subject In fact, okay, okay, but that's okay, subjective. okay. But let's go to that. That's subjective. Let's go all the way to that. Now, why do you think he there's didn't someone who's in the game and a well-respected figure? It was not a foul, Jim. It's subjective. And I've said to this individual who, who remained nameless, I don't need to give you a name. There are plenty. Why, why there was that? Because people. there might have been contact, but, we agree but in the referee's opinion, not enough contact. What did Howard Webb say? It, it it could have been a foul. It might have been a foul. Yeah, could have okay. been. Okay. But he agreed with the process. It's down to interpretation. So what I'm saying is, if you had somebody who played the game in that room, he might have had a different angle on this. Well, and that's who? why I refer to but the like Kukure, That's why well, I like refer to the Kukurea, the Kukurea incident at the, at the weekend as well, when there was a tug on him from Harlem. Very clever, by the way. Yeah. So we, we see the game in a different way as former players, but there isn't anybody in there that representation is not there. Now, why do you think it was that Gabriel? Was was because he's gone over because he's being pushed. Joe Lin, Joe Linton has got two hands on him. He misses the ball, but Martin, he doesn't head it. Martin, it's with, a blatant foul. I understand what you're saying, but with respect, it's subjective. Now, what you're saying is absolutely right. We have to move the conversation on to what VAR could and should be doing. First of all, what do you think semi-automated technology is right now? Because I don't think you quite understand what you're what you're arguing for. Because the technology to be able to get to the point where decisions are made in an automatic fashion is quite well, we some way away. We could have worked out. We could have worked out where the ball had gone what, out of place. Yes, conclusive. we could. So, so that's not semi-automated technology. Did it look like it was out That's to not semi-automated technology. So that's, just, not, that's just putting goal line detection systems. We're seeing and we're saying, well, oh, we don't know if it's out. So that's so a decision. I understand VAR can't so overrule a, it. So that's a decision. So I want the, better. The, I want better facilities And, and you're right to, to ask for it, Martin, right? But here and now, right, what we're talking about is Arteta and Arsenal's broadside was not against the technology... It was against those that implement the technology. It was against the referees. Yeah. So the reasons why we're framing it in this context is because the clubs themselves are complicit in allowing a system, and by the clubs I mean the managers, because there's yeah. not a CEO in the land right, yes. that rocks into a, a meeting and votes without the manager's input as to what happens on the field. Right, So they go to the managers and they say to the managers, they're talking about having semi-automated technology. What's your view on it? The manager gets his input, the CEO votes in the direction that the manager guides him to do. Right, So that means that when the clubs were asked how they want VAR to be so implemented... So they were wrong, weren't they? The managers were so wrong. So what will we have next so, season? So, so let me think we'll have so semi-automated so let, me, next let me frame the question that I want to finish with. So on the basis of Arteta's behaviour... Given the fact he's complicit in the ways that the thing is structured, because he's a manager in one of the 20 clubs, and in fact the technology hasn't failed and the interpretation of it hasn't failed, do you now think that Arteta's outburst directly at the referees had fundamental flaws attached to it? No, because I feel okay. the referee should All see right. that on the pitch. Okay. Look, so he's justified look, for what he said. And, and when we go to the VR room, to, to say, I don't see there's anything wrong with that. I can see two hands on his back, but I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, come on. You've got two hands on someone's back. It's a foul. He goes up for the ball. He doesn't actually hit it with his head because he can't, because he's looking at the po okay. his opponent's back. Mm. He's got two hands on him. It's a clear foul. So, okay. Arte so Arteta was, what, he so was annoyed with, so, the man so Arteta with the referee and Arsenal, on the day. In your view, just so we clarify it, in your view, because that was a question, Arteta and Arsenal were entirely justified to take the whole refereeing fraternity and flush them down the proverbial. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. A lot of headlines in the world of boxing this week because, as we found out uh, in the middle of the week, massive night, the 23rd of December, when uh, AJ will be in action, so too will Deontay Wilder, but they won't be fighting each other on that night, but they'll be in action nonetheless over in Saudi Arabia. And then, of course, same goes for February the 17th, when Tyson Fury will fight Alexander Usyk uh, and of course it is our first undisputed heavyweight uh, bout since uh, oh many years now I mean we have our first undisputed heavyweight champion since 1999 um, uh, we will have that on that day so who's it going to be is it going to be Fury is it going to be Usyk we shall see but yesterday at uh, the news conference to, to announce the whole thing a hell of a lot of trash talking not from Usyk but definitely from Tyson. I'm going to bust him. Sausage, ugly little man, rabbit. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. 
I don't want a more more. You know what's coming. You're getting smashed to pieces, sausage. You're fighting the best British heavyweight there's ever been. Dauntless in these waters, me. You beat all the rest of them, but you ain't beat Tyson Fury yet, sausage. Look at him, his heart's pounding now. He's like a little earring in. He's shriveled up now, do you have? Little sausage. I don't, I a don't more speak. In. You I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, everybody, people. I more speak in the ring. Very good, very good. Thank you. Get knocked out, cold sausage, rabbit. And you two promoters are going to be working for me as bag carriers. We will see, yeah. Yeah, we, we will, will see. see. Uh huh. You can't beat me. When you listen to that back, Simon, and you listen to every word there. So, so did you, Martin? I mean, is this really how a heavyweight champion of the world should be acting? Um. Look, we can go back over the passage of time and we can see many of these protagonists. We can see Muhammad Ali sitting at a table calling Joe Frazier and Uncle Tom or, or having derogatory comments about Floyd Patterson or whatever else because that was the nature of the beast. And it's always had this sort of connotation. Mike Tyson telling Lennox Lewis he's going to eat his children or God knows what he said at the time. So it's not necessarily the most edifying of commentary, but this is boxing. It's heavyweight boxing. But need it be? Um, I didn't worry about it too much. I wondered why he was so keyed up, but I think he's just selling it. I think he's coming in off the back of an Ingano performance that probably doesn't sit very well with him. There's lots of noise. He's, this is his stock in trade. He did it to Vladimir Klitschko. He ran into Vladimir Klitschko in a Batman outfit, you know, and took the mickey out of um, Vladimir Klitschko and then went on to win all of the belts from Klitschko and, and start but, the heavyweight But that was revolution. embarrassing then. As well, is this now. Well, I didn't think it was... I mean, do you really need to push what is the first undisputed heavyweight uh, fight since 1999? So, I, I, again... Does it need selling? I, I've been critical of Fury recently, and I retain the right to have that criticism, albeit they don't like it. I looked at it and thought, well, making a lot of noise, you're going to look rather foolish um, if you oh. don't win this fight the way that you say you're going to win it. It is all part of it. And I didn't look at it... I didn't think... It's, it's not elegant, is it? It's not stylish. But when has Fury been... Has ever do, been do you know, I just think for me, like it, two sports people together, I think that was Tyson trying to change the state of their relationship because the last time they were in the ring together, Usyk was saying some really nice things about Tyson Fury and it was getting too nice. And I think yesterday, I think it was a case of like, okay, let's change the state, let's shock him a little bit. Let's put him, let's get his, let's, let's make his heart run. Let's change the, yeah, let's make his heart run right. just a little bit and let's just see how he copes. And now I need to get training, by the way. But I need to start. He's in the fight talk, mode, isn't he, he needs to get into well, training 30, and be a lot weeks, fitter than he was in the last fight, be. otherwise he and won't he win. It. Mm. But it's, it's, you know, he's right, Martin's right. You know, you've got Deontay Wilder on, on, the, on the press conference on the previous night telling everyone that he loves God and how much he loves everybody. Whereas in previous incarnations, Deontay Wilder's walked around saying, I want a body on my record. So they do say these terrible things. And I do think there's an element of the dimensions. You know, if you saw the build-up to the Ngannou fight, there's Usyk and Fury having a big man hug. So we know that this is staged, that we know this is energy being created. We know that Fury... Some might read behind the lines and say, well, what's going on in Fury's mind? Is he, is he, is he unnerved by this? Is he slightly phased by the scale of it? Because this is a unique event. I mean, whatever we say about the state of boxing at times, you have to give praise where praise is due. I'm not going to run around like all those sycophants yesterday sitting on the stage praising the Saudis. How did you manage to get this deal done? I tell you how I managed to get this deal done. We all a great big barrel load of cash in the room and everybody bites it. Ain't that difficult? I mean, they've got more money than God, so that's what they did. They said to everybody, how much do you want and how much would you like and how much would you like? Fine, that's how you do a business deal, right? Give everybody what they want. Not difficult to do. Yeah. But I look at it and think to myself, I was fortunate enough to go to the last unification fight between Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, yes. which was a draw in Madison Square Garden, and then I ultimately the win for Lennox I went to both fights given the fact I'm banned I'm not sure I'm going to go to this one and I don't really care but the point is, is we've got a huge opportunity to watch what is arguably the biggest once upon a time being the heavyweight champion of the world was the greatest thing it was the greatest mm. sporting honour and now yeah. you've got a unification mm. um, in the Middle East with all that goes yeah. with that yeah. and you've got to give praise and I don't I didn't mind I looked at Fury and thought I, I think you're you're not particularly um, palatable in what you're saying. I don't think it's necessary. I wonder why you feel that. I wonder why you feel it's necessary to be that way because he can be very charismatic, very engaging, and very intriguing. If you saw the last press conference, he did with, with um, Gillian White. We went to it. You remember? We were still at the back, and he comes in and he's stylish and he takes control of the room. He was brilliant. 
But this is a different Fury. So obviously he's got a wild hair up his backside, might be a little bit unnerved by his last performance, and he's making a statement. But also, he's also acknowledging the fact you've got Sylvester Stallone walking in, all the testosterone's flying, all the egos are there. He's just spent two weeks where all him and his grotty little manager, Spencer, whatever his name is, have had smoke blown up their backside about how wonderfully well they're treated over in Saudi. So they're all full a little bit of their own importance. And then you look at Usyk. There you are. And then you listen to Usyk. Who's dignified? Well, what else was he to do? Course, that was the the perfect response, wasn't it? What was it? Yes, of course. When one man loses his of head, the other just it. stays but, calm. But you say, what but, else could but, he do? But what, he could have come back. Tyson Fury, using similar kind of language. Tyson, to Tyson. Fury is trying to but pick. He wouldn't. He's keeping it simple. The basics. He's picking a fight with him. I don't want to be nice to you. I'm going to pick a fight with you because it's easier for me to to knock you down if I don't like you. That's what it looked like to me. It's become a bit crass, and some of the language is not fantastic. It's not no. what you really want. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. But we've seen that. We have. I don't know where Simon was. We weren't in the studio bef together before. But, but I was talking it, about Muhammad it? Ali suggesting, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, when he, when he had interviews with Michael Parkinson and, and David Frost, he wasn't fantastic, was he? he picked um, and this for that and that for the other. That uh, Tyson Fury is far more articulate than that, far more eloquent than that. He's, he's better than that. He's ch well, that's debatable. He's better than that. I know, think he, he is he, better than well, that. Well, you, 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 you are what you are. That's your behaviour. It represents what you are. If you've chosen to be that way, it's because you've chosen to be that way. Yeah. And that's the style he wants to bring to it. And that may well be, that's choreographed, it may well be that for the for the fight that's 13 weeks away, here comes the noise. Because this is the same fella that, by the way, told everybody in a room six weeks ago, or a little bit less than that, that uh, fighting him from an MOA point of view was like a table tennis player fighting Novak Djokovic or playing Novak Djokovic on a Wimbledon a tentacle and expecting to win that's what the Ingarno situation is there so, anything in what Jason Brighton's saying Simon I think Fury's doing it for his own benefit he struggles to motivate himself these days so he's got to get angry and yeah, get himself I up I think that's it. part of it Possibly, but I don't think I, I mean he does. I don't know if he struggles to motivate himself. Perhaps he took too lightly the Ngannou fight and believed his own hype. This is the real thing. This is the unification fight. For some reason, ever for some reason for whatsoever, I can't work out why because it isn't what he thinks it was. He thinks everybody in this building has turned around and said he ducked too sick. Nobody really said that, but he's no. got that in his mind. So maybe he builds that up as a momentum to be able to hate people because the haters that he says are actually not the haters that he thinks they are. But the point is this, is that he is motivated for this fight. The fury that you saw for the Ngannou fight will not be the fury that you see against Usyk. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked at it and thought, I don't have a view. I, I, don't, I, look, I looked at him thinking, why are you being so dramatic? Why are you feeling the need... I think he's showing off. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back on Monday to bring you the best of the show.